PW Hustle Networks present PWR at the Movies. Join the professor, Tommy Wonder, and JB as they discuss the greatest pro wrestling moments in movie history. I want my money and I want it now. A mission. You deliver my boy back here. Walk out of this house a free man. A manhunt. As you and I walk out of here nice and easy, you no blood, no broken bones. I'll take option C. There is no option C. Loads of guns. Boom! Shakalaka! One sacred cat. I found you! I want it back. The Rock, Sean William Scott, and Christopher Walken. the Hamenites, the Israelites, the Democratites, the Republicanites, the Independites, the uh, Night Courts, the uh, Night Riders, the uh, Nighthawks. What? Give me another night. Give me another night. I write. Night moves. Night moves. You say Night Rider? Yeah, Night Rider. You know, David Hasselhoff. That's, you know, German Germany's best export. Night Rider, David Hasselhoff. But anyway, neither here nor there. You know, Magnificent 7, Elite 8, 99. Shoutouts to the Reflectionites on the YouTube that gave some comments. Of course, TN Kupana, Josh Floberg, the ultimate YouTube Reflectionite. You are the man with all the comments. He he loved the YouTube. He loved the YouTube episode of, of us, you know, bantering back and forth about demolition uh, TW. You know, he was on the professor's side. He said, keep with the program. He, he wants you to keep focused. Floberg says keep focused, TW. So we're going to keep focused for Josh Floberg. Kupana and all the reflection nights, all the magnificent seven members, but neither here nor there. I have to do my spiel. I have to do what I'm good at introducing myself because I am vain like that. I am that scholarly man. I am that glorious man. Your friend and mine. Well, I'm my own best friend, the professor Chabeva Cruz, and I'm not here alone. I'm here with my partner in crime. He is my brother from another mother. He is the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, the man who proved beyond the shadow of a doubt he's the iron stomach one. And this is a this is an insider's joke, but he is the iron stomach one, Mr. Wonderful, aka the Tommy Wonder. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing better today than I was 24 hours ago when I was feeling bad enough to go get the COVID test, but. COVID didn't want none. There you go. It was going to be Tommy Wonder 19 versus COVID 19. Loser can no longer wear the number 19, but COVID did not like its chances and decided to not to not mess with me. That is good. 
God is good. God is gracious. And TW is COVID negative. We hope that all reflectionites are COVID negative. So we don't want, you know, we want only good, positive energy for TW and all the Magnificent Seven, Elite Eight, Naughty Nine, Terrific Ten, and Essential Eleven members out there on the Big Fido brand, on the Hameen Media Group, on the PWC, and of course on the PWC Networks at Podbean.com. Now, we are going to the movie. So grab your popcorn, grab your sodas, grab your corn nuts, grab whatever nuts you want. <laughs> corn we, nuts. You didn't eat corn nuts in the theaters? People would throw stuff at you to tell you to stop chewing those things while you chip teeth. That is the ultimate way of having fun at the movie theater, eating loud shit. If it was Cracker Jacks, what, what was the what was those what was those uh, loud ass candies that you had it? You either like smuggled it in TW or you know you bought it at the at the candy stand. There was always Snowcats. those. That was kind of loud. It's, it's them damn corn nuts, dude. Yeah, chipping corn. teeth. Chipping teeth, but then you hear that crunchy sound while you're trying to watch the movie. You're trying to hear the dialogue. It is so, you know what the secret is? Bite corn nuts, but watch the same movie again the second time because you already saw it. You don't care what they say. You just want to fuck it up for everybody else. That's the way, right. that's the way the professor did it. You know, he had to have <laughs> You know, before trolling was a thing on the Twitter and social media, the professor had to troll the movie theaters, watching a movie a second time and eating loud ass food. But anyway, neither here nor there, you know, I have to protect myself you know i'm in witness protection program because there's a lot of moviegoers that were fucked you know that had fucked up experiences watching their movies but neither here nor there but let's go to the movies tw and we are gonna pay tribute because you know 2020 deuce reflection nights we are not trying and i repeat i am making an oath a pledge i will not try to do a pwr at the movies with hulk hogan at least for this year I'm going to try to do a PWR at the movies with other wrestlers. Maybe John Cena, maybe Batista, but at least this one here, I'm dedicating this to my man, T.E.W., because he's the one that made the suggestion. He's the one who wanted to talk about it. We are going to pay tribute to the Brahma Bull, the great one, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. And we are going to talk about the movie, well, one of his beginning ventures into movie stardom, going into Hollywood, joining the Illuminati, sacrificing children, drinking their blood. He is the man that's going to be president in 2028. That's a that's a fact. That's a promise. He's on the Republican ticket. 2028. He can't do 2024. It's too early. But he's going to be a he's going to be the president in 2028. I'm going to vote for him. I don't care. And I'm an independent. But we are going to talk about the rundown. From 2003, TW. Now, before we even talk about, you know. Wow. It's that old. Yes, it is that old. You know, it's even double wow. What 2003 is that? 2003 is old. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. It's the beginning of the 21st century. By the, by the way, say. I, I've never agreed with this, and I've heard it before, but not just from who I'm about to say. But the other day, my mm-hmm. kids told me, my twins, the one of twins, Emily and Aubrey, they said, Dad, we know you don't agree, but you know who you look like to us? And I go, who? And they go, The Rock. They say it to me all the time, and never, ever do I agree. But when I look at this little thumbnail right here of us right here, mm-hmm. all, I, all I say is, all right, all right. I can say a little bit, a little bit, a little pequeno, but not up close, not detailed. But okay. the bald head, 
and whatever. And I just think of all the movies that we would do, do the rundown when he's a younger version of himself. I still can't believe it's 19 years ago, which means it was filmed 20 years ago because if it's released in 2003, they're recording it in 2002, filming it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's nuts to me that it's that. I knew it was going to be older, but not. I mean, I was still wrestling in 03. Right. So, yeah. I, wow. Well, we got to look at it from this gambit, TW, before we even talk about the rundown. And, and by the way, Reflectionites, this is a spoiler alert. I might do this PWR at the movies like a wrestling show because this <laughs> damn movie was literally a wrestling match. I had five, I don't know, it was four or five matches, but TW will confirm that in this movie. But neither here nor there, but let's talk about The Rock himself, TW. You know, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, whatever you want to call him, TW, he is on the precipice of superstar. He's already the, let's say, 1A. I can't say number one. You know, we could always do that comparison debate between Rock and Austin. But both of them had ventures to Hollywood. You knew, you knew that both of them had that itch. So it was apropos after the success that both Rock and Austin had, thanks to the Attitude Era, you know that coming into the 2000s TW that The Rock... He had the golden smile. He had the looks. He had the charisma, you know, the eyebrows and all that. And you knew, you knew somehow, some way, he was going to either be the next Sylvester Stallone, the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. You knew he was going to get that mantle, that chance. And, you know, he got his feet wet a couple of years prior to the rundown with his own, you know, starring role. He had that cameo in The Mummy Returns as the Scorpion King. It was a success. You know, people might want, you know, wrestling fans, you know, the marks, the trolls might say it was all because of The Rock that that movie was successful. I'm not debating that. But, of course, you know how wrestling fans are. You're going to keep, you know, you're going to throw the throw one that banner, that flag for wrestling. Yay. Wrestling, you know, is mainstream. So what? But anyway, The Rock did Saturday Night Live. He did Mad TV. He did The Pressers. TW, what say you? I mean, this is the start. And he and now we're in 2020 deuce. He's arguably the number one actor. And we're not even talking about quality of movies. He's just the number one actor in terms of getting paid. Everybody wants him. Again, what say you about how The Rock started to where he is now? It started good in the sense that obviously The Mummy Returns was an A movie. It wasn't uh, Marine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and is that a dick at me? The Marine is still yeah, yeah. good. Yes. And then it was, he got his own version of it, but that, that I don't think was an A movie, the Scorpion King, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure Shane McMahon's wife and him were the producers of that. So it's not, you know, Miramax. Um, mm-hmm. and then he looked like he was definitely going the way of Hulk Hogan with stuff like the tooth fairy and, and, uh, Goon, that, well, not Goon, the two various that, that football movie, movie that, that football however, drama movie. Mm-hmm. However, the the thing that he did right was his were at least Disney movies. Hogan just did some bullshit third country, third world country, uh, this is Doubtfire wannabe mm-hmm. stuff, right? So, so I would say he, he did everything right. You just said it. Uh, John Travolta's wife, God rest her soul, um, Kelly Preston. Mm-hmm. she was kind of a big deal in the 80s and in the 90s she kind of fell off and she was like what's going on here and uh, a lot of people know this I'm not saying anything that most people don't know and if they don't know it's because they never thought about it 
Women don't have the career in Hollywood that men have usually, with a few exceptions, because as they age, they get replaced by the next hot thing, right? Right. Um, like I've read many times where people are like, what do you mean I'm getting cast as the grandma? You know, like, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Mo- uh, come on. Harry, Harry met Sally. What's her name? Oh, oh Sally. Uh, shit. Now you, now, I was going to say Sally Field, but it wasn't Sally Field. I know who you're talking about. It's close. But yeah, anyway, Meg Ryan. So Meg Ryan, all of a sudden, she's the grandma and not the love interest. And she's like, what the fuck? You know, like, but that's mm-hmm. that's what they do, right? And that's why they all know the whatever. So anyways, Kelly Preston was like, okay, I, I'm at a crossroads. I can either A, take whatever role I can get so I make some money. B, take any role in an A movie as long as it's an A movie, no matter what the role is. And the first movie she did that was Jerry Maguire. She's the chick that's the ex-girlfriend. That starts the, the hot, movie off. The hot chick with the good ass. Yeah, and he's putting it to her in the beginning of the movie, and then you only see her throughout the movie because she's with Bob Sugar now because she did Jerry to go for the next hot agent and all mm-hmm. that. But that movie then got her cast in all the other movies she got to do. So The Rock, by going on Mad TV, he got to go on Saturday Night Live. Now he's getting to know people. I used to tell this to all the wrestlers back in the day in the rock locker room. It, it, I was trained that it's a, it's a business of networking. You go and you shake hands with everybody when you get there and introduce yourself. You shake hands with everybody when you leave to tell them to travel well. And by doing that, worst case scenario, you make a friend. Best case scenario, you make a contact. And I'm pretty sure The Rock knew that. So by doing all these different things, when someone goes, hey, we got this project coming up. Who do you think? The Rock. He pops in your head because he's such a nice guy, so friendly. Gets, he introduces himself to you. He ingratiates himself to you. So I think he did everything right, even though it was starting out looking like he was doing the Hulk Hogan, right? But mm-hmm. that brand name counts. The Tooth Fairy is a Disney movie. The program, is it called The Program? What's it? The one is where he gets po- the little girl. That's oh, also I, Disney. That is? He, oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Where the girl that. shows up and it's his niece or his cousin or whatever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want nothing to do with it because he wants to play football. I, I, if it's not Disney, it's at least New Line Cinema or something like that. But anyhow, he did everything right, and his nickname now is Viagra or Franchise Viagra because they say he saved G.I. Joe. They saved the Fast and the Furious with him, um, and then anything he goes to do. like it, He's such a likable guy. Like I watched Rampage. It's a fucking horrible movie, but because he's in it, it's watchable, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and one thing that's really hard to get past is bad acting. And for whatever reason with him, I, I have yet to see him in a movie where everyone else can't act, like the Marine. So it's like he's he's either lucky or mm-hmm. he's turned some stuff down that we don't know about to take the stuff that he did take. Because, I mean, it's hard watching movies where there's bad acting. No matter, I mean, bad writing you can get past if if you like the people in it. Um, I just watched Reacher. I watched all eight episodes of it in one day, and mm-hmm. it's nothing like the movie. Uh, a lot of people will tell you it's a lot like the book. I wouldn't know because I never read the book, but it's it's more like like the movie with Tom Cruise is like a serious movie. The TV show on Prime is – I tell people if, if you like Psych on USA Network, you'll like Reach, Reacher. Because mm-hmm. it's that it's everything about it is that the production, the acting, only it's violent on top of funny. You know, on psych, you, nobody's getting whacked. They a, do good, a good, a good cast, a good cast, good writing, good story, and everything's there. No, I wouldn't even say good. I would say good enough. Like, okay. th- there, there's nothing great coming out of it. But 
except for Reacher. He's tremendous. He's absolutely tremendous. And then the girl that's in it reminds me of the, the little blonde girl from uh, Ozark. Says, I don't know shit about fuck. That girl, right. they got to be related. If they're not related, well, it's nuts. But she reminds me of her. And at first, her acting's not good. But then I realize as the show goes on, it's not her acting. It's the writing. So mm-hmm. some people make lemonade out of lemons. Other people just suck with the writing. And so this movie here, there's no, there's a guy from Sons of Anarchy in it. Christopher Walken's in it. Sean uh, William Scott's in it. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in it. It's everything in it. It's like it's just good. It's it's like it's adequate. I don't want to say good, like meaning they're all up for Emmys, but it's pa- it's passable. I get you. Before yes. we get into the movie, let let's go into this reflection as because we have to correlate the wrestling here because what you said, TW, made me think about this. You said he did everything not to do the Hulk Hogan route, which he did. You know, you're right. Let's put it in this context, and let's go back into the wrestling because this is kind of like. You know, Rock was playing with two hands here, you could say. Not not masturbating reflection, but he was playing <laughs> with two hands. One, he is the number one wrestler in in professional wrestling, TW. We can't argue that, right? He's at the prime. He's at the age where he's in the prime of his wrestling career. You know, you could say, what 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 does he have left to prove in professional wrestling in terms of his legacy? He could have got bored. You know, there's nothing to do when you're already on the top of the mountain. Right, so to speak. Then the other hurdle, right? You got the he's got he's got a pedigree. He was Intercontinental Champion a couple of times, but on the other hand, he never tested the waters with with Hollywood. You could say he got he had a little you know little sprinkles here and there. That's why I said Saturday Night Live, Mad TV, the you know Good Morning America, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, and all that stuff. TW, but when it's in terms of Hollywood, you said about the Hulk Hogan thing. This was where the, the quote-unquote riff between Rock and Vince McMahon started because you remember what Vince McMahon wanted to do in the early 2000s. He was trying to start a film company, WWE Studios, where that great movie, that great franchise of WWE Studios, Marine has carried that you know franchise. It has made them billions, and I'm talking billions of dollars for reflection. Go and see the trade papers. Marine has saved it. John Cena and The Miz have saved WWE Studios, but neither here nor there. But, TW, you can see where I'm going with this. There was that rift because if Rock went the route with Vince McMahon to, like, parlay the WWE Studios venture and do all those movies, it would have been laughed at. It would have not been taken serious. So he had to get away and join the Illuminati and, you know, sacrifice those kids, drink children's blood, you know, tiger blood, tiger blood, sacrifice virgins and all this stuff. So he could become the number one man. What say you about that, that history? You know, of course, I'm not going to ask you, did he make the right choice? Of course he made the right choice, but that is, you know, he is like crossing that, that boundary, you know, do I, you know, end my great relationship with Vince McMahon and that easy money that he knew he could make in WWE or try to, you know, hone his craft in Hollywood. Let's say you then we'll talk about the rundown. It's it's funny you bring that up because it's he made the right decision, obviously. Of course. That decision, I think, cost him more than just this relationship with Vince. It it cost him someone like me who liked him but didn't love him. I still think Austin's the more popular wrestler, or at least mm-hmm. the more um 
left, left the biggest mark. Um, I think people confuse the Rock's success now with it counting towards wrestling when it doesn't. So I think there are just as many people who know the Rock for movies as there are the people knowing from wrestling. And some of those people that know him for movies don't even know he was a wrestler. You know, like the grandmas and the uncles and aunts who didn't watch wrestling ever, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, but it, and it made me feel like he turned his back on wrestling. And I don't he, that dude could have showed up in Impact, and I would have been fine with it as long as he didn't turn his back on wrestling. However, being a man of, of common sense, which is not so common, hindsight does a lot, and you realize it. He did it to get the proverbial stink off of him, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you want to be the wrestler that's in wrestling or the wrestler that's in Hollywood trying to make movies, or you just want to be in Hollywood trying to make movies and have wrestling not be a part of it? That's when he became Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. He still needed that rock part in there for, you know, a little bit of insecurity, but he wasn't just The Rock anymore. He was The Rock in The Scorpion King. He was The Rock in The Mummy Returns. He was mm-hmm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Rundown. So, for him to do what he did, and then what was it, 2008, like six years since he was gone or whatever, he'd come back, and that's that's when I started respecting well, him again. Uh, oh, whatever. Okay. He, he was gone. He came back time. in 2004, but I, you, you know no, what I'm no, saying. I'm, I'm saying when he left for good, okay. he was just making movies, and he would they were like, come to Raw. Nope. Nope. He would say no to everything, and then he did come back. And I still think, I've said it on this show a million times, the three WrestleManias between Austin and Rock starting their little promo and, and, and running it, their little, uh, not promo, but their little, whatever you call it, damn it, program. Uh, right. That Those three WrestleManias, to me, are the best run, angle, gimmick, program in the last 15 years of wrestling. The, the fact that these guys barely touched each other for complete two years and wrestled only twice. I think there might have been a tag match in there. And Survivor then the Royal Series. Rumble. Um, for them to do that in three WrestleManias and for it to work, tremendous. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. And for, for, for Cena to lose to Rock, to trust him enough to come back and do the favor, mm-hmm. and he did it, you will never hear me say a bad thing about the Rock as long as I live. Right. Well, again, like I said, he made. We, we're not going to debate about the choice. Of course, he made the right choice because he's now getting. Ooh, uh, oh, nice Kushida, the elite. I think he's in this movie. <laughs> That's what a dig to Kushida. But you know, it, it. You know, they all look alike. But anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> but, but let's get into this rundown and T and TW. You was talking about this, the time that this was produced was in 2002. This was after he lost the WWE title to Brock Lesnar after SummerSlam 2002. Then after that, he started producing or, you know, filming production for The Rundown, which then debuted internationally September 26, 2003. It made $80 million worldwide. And it was on an $85 million budget. So, you know, it, it almost broke even. But again, you know, Columbia TriStar was the film distribution company for this particular movie. And as you said, TW, this the, the cast of characters is pretty balanced. You got Stifler, Sean Williams Scott. You got Rosario Dawson. Ooh, what a hot piece of ass. I, I, 
and you got Christopher Walken. And, and you know what? I can't see a Christopher Walken without thinking about him and doing his Saturday Night Live and having his eyes bug Cowbell. out. The cowbell. We need more cowboys. So, cowbell. Cow, cowbell. So the premise of this movie, Reflection Eyes, is... It's, hey, it's got Sean from Martin, too. The white DJ at the radio station with Sean mm-hmm. with uh, yeah. Martin. And it's got Ernie Reyes Jr. from Sidekicks. Yeah, you know, for the well, you thought he was Kushida, but that's neither here nor there. Right. But <laughs> that's what I was saying was he was Kushida, and I know all look alike. Yeah, they do. I mean, he does he look. He was like also him. a Ninja Turtle, Ernie Reyes Jr. Yes, he was in the Secret of the Ooze. But I have to go with the plot first because you know, while you know the Rock is known reflectionized for you know throwing them punches and doing a couple of wrestling moves, and we will talk about this. We got to break down a couple of these fights because these are pretty funny to me because that's all it really is. This movie is a damn wrestling match from start to finish, but neither here nor there. But the plot of this movie, TW, I mean, you got to talk about, you know, was Vince McMahon writing this movie? I don't know. Or did he have like (laughs) creative control? But Dwayne The Rock Johnson stars as the character named Beck, just like Prince. Just like Sting, he just was one name. I don't remember his first name or his or Beck is his first name or his last name, but he stars as Beck. He's an experienced retrieval expert. So think about it like this way, Reflectionites. He's dog the bounty hunter in some way, shape, or form. He collects debts no matter what the cost is. I don't know what Beck is. I don't know if he was a former Army Ranger, if he, you know, served Isn't a Isn't it Beckham? At- Becker. No, that's 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 Ted dancing. That's Becker. But <laughs> no, this is just Beck, not the musician Beck, but just Beck. You know, this is Beck on steroids. But he's a retrieval expert, and he collects debts. Like I said, I don't know if he's an Army Ranger TW. I don't know if he, you know, he served in Afghanistan or you know Pakistan. He did the the tours in Nam or whatever. I don't even know how old he is, but he's a retrieval expert. The first uh, scene basically was at a nightclub where he was doing a job, T.W., and he had to collect a debt from a star quarterback who was partying with his whole offensive line. So think about the numbers, uh, Reflectionites. It is already six on one against Beck, T.W. So here we go with fight number one. This is the, you know, this is the opening bell. Ding, ding. It is at a nightclub, and Beck... A.K. The Rock is trying to be reasonable. He's trying to be like a Buddhist. He's trying to, you know, trying to show compassion and empathy. He's trying to say it the right way. Look, just give me your your Super Bowl ring, and we'll call that collateral. I'll give it back to you. You owe us X amount of dollars. And, of course, the quarterback is like, well, you know what's going on in, in the world of news reflection? This is, this is being uh, recorded on Super Bowl Sunday. Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints, got, in, got into hot water in Las Vegas. And you already know. He said Jesus. Now, since we're talking about Beck going into a nightclub to go after an offensive line and a quarterback, the opposite happened in Las Vegas where somebody got the snot kicked out of him by Alvin Kamara and his offensive line, TW. So you already know where I'm going with this. But in the movies, of course, Beck has to kick the asses of every offensive lineman and the quarterback. So let's see about the opening scene. This is the introduction. This technically, you know, with the Scorpion King, like you talked about it, it's not a real introduction. It was just, you know, it was a spinoff movie. 
Rundown to me is the debut, the introduction to the masses, to the Hollywood masses, to the world of The Rock and what he can do with his acting, his timing, his comedic timing, and his presence. What say you? This is the introduction, and it's a fight. Um, there's there's something that happens before the fight. It's where he gets the, the drink thrown in his face a couple times, and he's like, of course, okay. okay. And he walks away, but when he calls his boss and says, let me just do this another time. They have a chance to repeat, and I don't want to hurt them. And then mm-hmm. he goes, okay. And then he goes back out there and gives him what becomes the, uh, the, his, his gimmick, his, his if you smell what The Rock is cooking for the rest of the movie as he gives the same ultimatum two more times where he says mm-hmm. option A or option B. And the dude laughs at him and says option B. And he goes, you should have picked A. And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of everybody. And the mm-hmm. best part being... When the quarterback runs like a bitch, and he takes the DJ's turntable and throws it like a frisbee to take him out and then get the ring. Yeah, you know when he threw that frisbee, he threw it at the back. He could have paralyzed the quarterback. He he right. even said, and of course, reflectionized. There had to be a joke. He said, "I didn't. I don't want to cost this team. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't right. want to cost them the championship. But I have right. to do what I got to do." But even before that, TW. Even before this first fight, I have—I almost forgot to mention, Beck is having a revelation, an epiphany, because he <laughs> wants to get out of this retrieval business and open a restaurant. I don't even know if he's a chef or a good chef, but he has, he has an epiphany. He is a good chef because that's how the movie ends where he says he's the best chef I know. That is true, but I'm just saying he, 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 he is thinking about a career change, just like we all do. He didn't go on Indeed. He didn't go on ZipRecruiter. You know, to, <laughs> he just was writing well, down. He, he was just writing down recipes in his notebook or his diary or whatever the case may be. So, you know, this is the introduction to the masses. You know, of course. Rock fell into the trappings of like Hulk Hogan and No Holes Barred, like Roddy Roddy Piper and They Live. This first fight, you saw the clothesline, you saw the body slam, you saw the that rock had, bottom. You saw the rock bottom. So, TW, this to me is an example of the trappings of, I don't want to say typecasting, but I felt it in the first 10 minutes with that first fight. Agree, disagree, I have a different take. Yes, I would think. I would think he probably wanted to get that stuff in there, probably thinking some wrestling fans are going to see him. So, hey, let me get this in, like almost like an Easter egg to the mm-hmm. fans. Uh, one thing I think we got to give him credit for is right after the rock bottom, he does what we all call the Marvel superhero pose, where he's down on one knee with his hand on the ground and looks over his shoulder before going to whoop some more ass. So maybe it's him that started that and not mm. Thor and and Iron Man, you know what I'm talking about. The yeah, those, those Avengers superhero poses or that look. Where they land on the ground and they got one knee and one hand on the ground and they look up and then they jump up and start fighting, like how they land. And DC does it too now because they copy everything Marvel does in a terrible way. But it's, well, he's going, he's, he's going, he's going to DC. He's Black Adam, Black in, Adam. In, yeah. in DC. So that again, you might see that kneeling down pose in Black Adam. So you know. Looking for that Easter egg, TW, and that's because of me, and that's because of this movie. You will see it exactly in Black Adam. But now, let's get into this movie. So, so now he did his job, or he thought he did his job, but then the job was taken away from him by his by an associate. 
He took whatever he took the ring. He took whatever money that Rock took from the the offensive lineman. It was stolen from him, so he did not get paid. So he was already pissed off. So now he goes to his boss. I forget the boss's name, but that's neither here nor there. It was played by what was it, William? Heine. William Lucky. That was his Heine. boss. Heine. I. <laughs> We are recording, and you're eating ice and trying to talk. Piney, I didn't think I was going to be talking. You were doing your next <laughs> intro. Piney from Sons of Anarchy is his boss. Okay, Piney. I'm trying to think of the name in the movie, but it's not his name. It ain't Piney. I had okay. it. I had it. I had it. Uh, okay. But Piney is The Rock's boss. So, you know, he wants to get out of this business. He wants Walker. to get out. Walker. He wants to get out of this retrieval business. He wants to open his restaurant. The Rock says, I'm done. Just pay me my money so I can start opening my, my restaurant business. I don't know if you, you know, it would have been easier if he just, you know, bought a, a McDonald's franchise and then he could have just, you know, re remixed it into his own. But anyway, that's just me. That's just nitpicking. That's just, you know, real life nitpicking. But Walker offers him one more job and he Pays him with interest, $250,000, Reflectionites. This is like the light at the end of the tunnel, and The Rock could not pass it up. However, there was a catch. He had to travel to Brazil. He had to travel to a mining town, and he had to do one more important retrieval, and that was to retrieve Walker's son from one of his marriages, played by Sean William Scott. T.W., let's talk about real life. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Not about the movie. We, we know where we'll, we'll nitpick the movie. But you know that retrieving, if you're in the retrieval business and somebody's trying to pay you a lot of money, they're almost, at, they're almost betting that you're not going to make it. You're going to die. So they're almost right. like, they he could have he offered them a million dollars. But in the back of it, of Walker's mind, he's like, you're not going to make it. You're going to die because you're going to Brazil. You don't know the, the laws. You don't know the politics. You don't know the cartels. What say you, T.W.? You would have had second thoughts or you or you would thinking about the money. Exactly. You just said he said for that kind of money, why wouldn't you just ask him to come home? And he said he doesn't trust me. And he says, oh, kidnapping's going to change that. And that's when Walker got shitty with him, let him know who was boss. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean – the, the scene opens up with him in a basically a freaking kite for an airplane, and he, it's, the, it's the only time you see him scared, which is the funny part of it because he's not scared of the ent entire offensive line to get this ring. He's not scared of the entire force of Christopher Walken or the rebels in the in – the, well, actually, he's afraid in of the jungles. Yeah. Two things he's afraid of. One is the duct tape. He goes, is that duct tape? Like he's thinking his plane's not going to make it, right? And mm -hmm. the other is the monkeys. The monkeys are the other thing he's afraid of. But other than that, he's not afraid of anything. You didn't so, finish yeah. that. Wait, you didn't finish that sentence with the monkeys. You had, you had to add a word to it. The gay monkeys. The gay monkeys, yeah. So, spunk monkeys. But uh, he, uh, he's, he, he's taking the 250000 as a challenge, not as something to be afraid of, but like whatever chump change mm -hmm. yeah i can do this he just wants his restaurant that bad and it's funny because you know he wasn't writing a recipe down in that book he was writing down the different name for this mushroom because it's called one thing in one part of the world and it's called a 
Puccini in another part of the world, mm-hmm. and he was writing Puccini Mushroom, and that's when he got shot in the face with the airbag gun. But yeah. do you know who the guy on the radio was talking about the mushroom? No. Who was that? It was Emeril. Oh, Emeril Lagasse? Yeah, it was Emeril As soon as I heard him talking, I'm like, who is that? I'm like, that's Emeril. I was right, but bam, bam. Oh, wow. So it was Emeril doing a cooking show on the radio, and that's what he was listening to, and he was writing down that the Puccini is a mushroom. Puccini, Puccini, whatever. Puccini. Well, you know what? I think The Rock, you know you talk about Easter eggs with The Rock? He used Puccini, but he wanted to say Punani. We want to say Poontang, but he couldn't find a way to he couldn't find a way to correlate Poontang or Punani into this movie. So he had to do Pushini. That was the closest for all the <laughs> wrestling fans and all the Attitude Era wrestling fans. But now he you know he flies into Brazil into this town called El Dorado. It is a coal mining town, and it is controlled by the cartel run by Christopher Walken. Very uh, a veteran actor, T.W., and a veteran villain in all, you know, in, in a lot of great movies. So, you know, Chris, again, you're getting A-list actors with, you know, for The Rock to bounce off of. So Christopher Walken being that antagonist, you know, the town hates him. He pays them, you know, Republican wages, a dollar an hour, and it's so great. You know, he, you know, he has the, the bull by the horns. The whole town is afraid of him. And they can't do anything. They pay him a dollar an hour. And, you know, he offers overtime for about a, a nickel after overtime. So, you know, you get a dollar five either way. So, you know, this is so <laughs> great about him. And then we are introduced to Rosario Dawson, who is who is an owner of a bar in El Dorado. You know, she meets all the, the, the heathens, all the coal miners. And, of course, we also see Sean William Scott, a.k.a. Stifler, a.k.a. Walker's son here. Now, we don't have to go bit by bit with the movie T.W., but I have to talk about Stifler here. You know, seeing him in, in American Pie 1, 2, and 3 and the American Reunion, I feel he was typecast. You know, he's typecast to be that zany comedian. And I think they expected him to be that zany Stifler type of comedian. It just didn't mesh to me. What say you, T.W., about the casting of Stifler for this particular movie? You could have got a better comedian to me. I think I think he works because, I mean, just take a step back. Forget all that. I understand that. I, I see that. However, he's the perfect guy to be crazy enough to be the son of somebody rich and still go down to the middle of nowhere in El Dorado to try to find this gato, right? Mm-hmm. Stippler's the guy that would do that, right? And so at points in this movie, it reminds me of, uh, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans in Bulletproof, where okay. Damon Wayans is grabbing Adam Sandler and say they even have the same gag of a pissing scene where the where he's got a piss right. So they definitely borrow from that. In that mm-hmm. one, I would say it was Adam Sandler being anti typecast, like you almost would reverse Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans for that movie for it to make more sense. The same as the movie, uh, have you ever seen The Paul Bear? It's got Ross from Friends and Brody from All Rats, where mm-hmm. Ross is the dickhead and Brody's the straight man, when at that time, it should have been the other way, and that movie would have been ten times better had they did it the other way. But you can't get over the fact that nice guy Ross is a dick, 
and you can't get over the fact that dickhead Brody is a nice guy. Like, it takes mm-hmm. away from the movie. So for me, I absolutely think Sean William Scott, is he funny like you'd want? Not necessarily. Half the time, I don't even know what he's saying. But, I mean, as the character, I have no problem buying him as the nut job who could be living on easy street floating in a pool is being proud and going down to South America to trying to find some treasure. Like he wants to prove he's bigger than his daddy. Right. I, I get you. You know, you know what it is? It's like, I mean, look, Stifler. I don't even mean Sean and Scott. I can see Stifler being that guy. So if you are going to typecast him, I, it act like, act like Stifler in this particular movie, yeah, which he did. He's not afraid when he should be. He mm-hmm. laughs at the rock when he thinks he's going to get killed. Then mm-hmm. when they're with Ernie Reyes Jr., he tries to get The Rock killed. Like, yeah, right. shoot this mother. That, it all makes, Stifler would do all of that stuff, is what yeah. I mean. Not, not Sean William Scott, mm-hmm. Stifler. Absolutely. That's the that's the way we, I'm looking at it. If he was Stifler, yeah. If he was, you know, if this this was Ryan Reynolds, probably right. would have been a better casting right. uh, mate. For sure. For, right. for this particular movie. would have been movie. better all the way around with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but you know what? If we had Ryan Reynolds in 2003, then we wouldn't have Red Notice in 2021. 2020 wonder. So either I'm way, watch so that right when we're done recording. That's this a good. Tonight. That is a good movie. I, I like. I it, haven't so. watched. I'm gonna watch. I've been I, waiting to watch it. Yeah. So looking at this movie, TW. Now The Rock is in the bar with Rosario Dawson, who plays Mariana, and of course he he finally finds his target, so quote Stifler, and of course Christopher Walken comes in to the to the bar to tell The Rock or Beck, not Becker, but Beck, that, you know, the deal we made initially, we have to rescind it because Sean William Scott, you talked about it, TW, is, I'm going to call him a treasure hunter. He was looking for the gato. The, That's what they the, called him was a treasure hunter. Yeah, he's the treasure, but, he, you know, but he's a bum. He, he's a bum living off of his daddy's, you know, money. That's why he... He's looking for, you know, s- certain things to do. So he's bored. You know, when you're, when you're rich and you're bored, T.W., that, I wish I was that rich and bored. That's what it is. Do I look good in a snapshot? Yeah, thank you. I do, I do look good. But anyway, of course, man, Christopher Walken reneges on the first deal with The Rock. And, of course, the second fight. He had his fingers Stop. crossed. Yeah, well, he did. He had his fingers crossed. But the second fight begins with The Rock and now with Christopher Walken's army, who owns the town of El Dorado. And, T.W., the, the one thing I want to point out with this movie is The Rock is, I don't want to call him a pacifist, but he has said he doesn't like guns. He does you know, it wasn't explained why he doesn't like guns, but in this movie... When he has a gun, he's good at, with it. He just doesn't like it. He wants so to take him to a bad place. I don't know where that place was. I wish they they showed me that place, you know, like to, you know, in 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 flashbacks or something. But he hates guns. Now Christopher Walken and his army, they had guns. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't injure him. They didn't, you know, buck him. They didn't do anything. Rock was was Matrix quick. But what say you about that second fight in the bar? I don't and the okay, so this is the fakest of all the fights because <laughs> no, seriously, because they're shooting at him immediately. It's not mm-hmm. even like he throws the chair at one of them. He's hiding behind a fucking pool table. There's nine of them. They literally could just walk around the pool table and empty the gun on him, but instead they're one by one and 
and getting their asses whooped. And he's taking guns and dropping the clips and then walking out. And then the one guy says it, you should have kept the gun. And instead he catches the, the whip and then mm-hmm. throws it back at him or whatever and leaves. But it's, this is the fakest of, 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 I mean, there's a big fake one coming at the end, but that one, he, he would have been dead already. It would have been over. And like I said, to hide behind a pool table, most likely the bullet would have went through the pool table and hit him anyway. And he's mm-hmm. peeking his head up like, all right, which one's coming next? It was just, it was the fakest of them all. But I can't remember. I don't think he took many bumps in this fight. But in the, the next couple of fights, he takes some bumps. Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about the next fight because eventually he gets out of this bar fight with Christopher Walken's people and eventually handcuffs Sean William Scott, a.k.a. Walker's son, you know, and of course they're trying to Travis hurry. Walker. Travis Walker. Now Rock, well, Beck and Travis Walker are trying to get to the airport because The Rock doesn't want to spend another minute in Brazil, a.k.a. El Dorado. He doesn't care about El Gato or anything. But now, T.W., we don't have to talk about the gay monkeys because that's, you know, you know, that's what he was afraid of. That was the second thing he was afraid of. He was afraid of duct tape, and, of course, he was afraid of gay monkeys trying to ass-rape him. This was true because the gay monkeys— Face-rape him. Every gay monkey was looking at Rock like, mm, that's a hot piece of ass. But, again, we're not going to talk about the gay monkey scene. We're going to talk about the third fight where now Travis Walker and Beck meet the Rebels. And, of course, you talk about Kushida. Ernie Reyes is co-leader of the Rebels, TW. So now we're talking about Muay Thai. Now it's the Rock against a whole horp of midgets in this Muay Thai Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu clan. Little people. So, T.W., is this... The, I actually thought this was the best fight out of all of all of the movie here because, again, they didn't like guns. He don't like guns. But then, you know, I guess the believability is that I did not know The Rock's flashbacks. or You, you know what I mean? We don't know his past dealings with uh, his experiences. All we knew he was just a retrieval expert. Again, like I said, we don't know if he's an army ranger we don't know if he's special forces. We don't know if he's CIA. We don't know the kind of special skills that he had. But this fight, it was him against three three or four little people. And, of course, he got his ass. You know the funny thing? He got hit with some sticks. Right. He should have got concussed like four times in this third fight, TW. But, of course, he's The Rock. He's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? And you knew... I was waiting for him to do the people's elbow on one of those little people. What say you, TW, about this third fight? The bumps in this damn fight should have killed about 17 of the participants. <laughs> and then it's funny you say they don't like guns. He doesn't like guns. Like They just fight for honor or whatever. Mm-hmm. It ends with them trying to kill him throwing hatchets. <laughs> and I don't think anyone dies in it because this one, he could have held the guy up and had him take the hatchet instead. Then how would mm-hmm. they ever be friends? So it was... And it and it ends with them getting interrupted by Christopher Walken's people. No, no, Rosario Dawson. Oh, that too. She came out and she's like, "Stop it!" Blah 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 blah. And then she let him know, "No, he's here to get this dumbass." And then Ernie Ray's respects him and gives him his necklace. Like we fought, that was honor, whatever. So yeah, it was it was cool. Um, plus, you know, it, it was a funny scene because of Stifler speaking whatever portuguese portuguese yeah. yeah 
And he's he's like, yeah. He said, you're just a bunch of little bitches, so wipe his feet with you or whatever. And so, but the other part of me thought, if they're so into fighting for honor, why a why did he get Pearl Harbor from a guy swinging on a chain when he wasn't mm-hmm. even ready yet? And b why are there 19 of them fighting him? And then Ernie Ray Jr. celebrates, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's 30 against one. Of course you're celebrating. It was like Chewbacca fighting the Ewoks, and then. Finally, <laughs> He did the kip up, and that was it. Then he whooped everybody's ass after that. But uh, and then the hatchets started flying. That that was kind of uh, it was weird to me that they start throwing hatchets. Like that's when you gave up. Like all right, we can't kick his ass. Let's just kill him. You know, now you look at fight one, and this is the third fight. Tw, you know, the nightclub fight, the bar fight, and now this fight again. What are we trying to? And I'm going. This is not about the movie. Tw. This is about the rocks acting career and what he wants to do. This, again, I'm trying to resonate to the reflection. Nice. The Magnificent Seven. What is The Rock in 2003 trying to resonate with the public, if you will, TW, with these fight scenes? Because he's got to be an identifiable actor. You know, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger has catchphrases. I'll be back. Sylvester Stallone, we know him from Rocky and Rambo. So you know he's good with his guns and all this stuff. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bloodsport. Kicking and, and karate and all this stuff. It's very identifiable. What say you? And then we'll talk about the ending of the movie and the ending fight because, again, this is all about fights. But what say you about what does The Rock hope to gain as an identifiable person after this movie in terms of, like, does he want to do a catchphrase? Does he want to be known for fighting? What say you? I, again, we're doing hindsight. We know where he is with the Fast and Furious. We know about G.I. Joe. Um, and, of course, Red Nose is a good movie. What do you think that Brock was trying to gain, trying to, like, get the people to believe him as an actor? That he could do it all. Like, that he's a capable replacement. Because in 2002, there, Schwarzenegger is probably governor, so he ain't making shit, or he's about he's gone, to be. He's, go, he's about to be, yeah. And Stallone's 100, and really he's done. Vin Diesel's kind of here and gone already, if he's even here yet. Um, that well, really, it was fa- it was Fast and Furious around that time anyway. Yeah, you're right. Right, but there's really nobody. There's no iconic Stallone, Van Dam. Um, the only one I can think of, and I don't even know if he started yet, was Statham. But Statham is straight to video, right? He's not a movie mm-hmm. star. He's making movies, but they ain't showing mm-hmm. at the pellicula. They're showing in your living room. So it's for me. He's showing, hey, I, I'm your guy. And the funny thing he says is, you were asking that. I wasn't really sure where you're going with it. But the one thing I will say to the fights are still secondary to me. He did such a good job acting that I was more into the dialogue and stuff. And when they fought, I wait for it to end. And then he would be right back to the dialogue that he, he was like, you know, I mean, it's, in, it's inevitable. His comparison is Austin. Austin in a movie sounds like he's Austin doing a promo. He's not fluid, mm-hmm. right? The Rock is just a natural. He just... Like, and that's the thing I think, like, I, I say this about Tom Cruise. When I see Tom Cruise in a movie, I don't care what you're calling that dude. Tom Cruise is saving the world. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, that's Tom Cruise going to save everybody, right? Like, I believe Tom Cruise can do it in real life, but he's so good at it. I don't even care what you're calling him. He's Tom Cruise. Johnny Depp, I see whoever he's supposed to be. I don't see Johnny Depp. I see Jack Sparrow. I see Edward Scissorhands. I see... Ed Wood. I see, um, oh, what's the guy, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Uh, 
Hunter S. Thompson, he becomes the character. Tom Cruise doesn't you're, need a character. You're saying Rock's got range, a potential range, even from this right. movie that you but, can but, see. But it. Rock, Rock, like, I don't even know that I'm looking at him going, that's the Rock. That's the Rock subconsciously, right? I'm just mm-hmm. watching him and enjoying it. Like, I, I fully expected, I'm pretty sure the last time I saw this movie was 2003. But I fully expected to think this was going to be a cheese fest, right? And mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was, I mean, right. I know we're not done talking about it, but I absolutely loved it. Like I, there, and and everything about it. Like if this is his introduction to the world post WWE films and cameos, mm-hmm. it's a good one. And and eighty. When you said eighty million, I'm like hell yeah. And then you said it costs eighty five. Like ooh, that means it's a bomb, right? And that's probably well, it, I, it almost too. I can't call it a bomb because it broke even. You could say I, maybe they expected it to make 180 ain't million. Making, ain't nobody making a movie to break even, buddy. They're making a I know, movie I know, to make I know. double. But my point is, it bombed. And and for I would have never thought it was 85 million. I would have like if Hulk Hogan made a movie make 85 million dollars, it's a hit because they didn't put shit into it. You know what I mean? Noel's bar mm-hmm. didn't cost nothing to make. None of them movies did. So for this to cost 85 million, it's got to be a the location, b all them fighting scenes and all that. See, you got a pretty star-studded cast with all the people we've already named, but eighty-five million. And, but eighty million is a good payday if the movie costs twenty. You know, so right. I, I and this the movie ends in such a way that okay, we don't need a sequel because we know why there's not one. However, this could have been a franchise for him where he could be retrieval from here on out, like with this restaurant. You. But like, you just can't get out of it. You know, it's in your blood. It's in your well, DNA. That- the funny thing, they, they were talking about trying to do a, re, a retrieval kind of franchise with The Rock, with the rundown kind of, you know, kind of scenes, you know, he has to come back for one more retrieval and all that stuff. So you're right. They were talking about that if it didn't bomb. But, but again, my thought is they almost broke even for his debut. So I'm kind of happy with that and I'm being very right. impartial to it. But you're right. They didn't. They didn't make a movie to break even. They they made a movie so he can make a hundred eight million and make ten times the, what it costs. If that same movie came out today, it's two hundred million easy. It's, well, it's that, if this movie came out today, it would be on a Netflix or Amazon Prime, and it would have been it would have been a streaming success. Quite that's possible. just that, that's the way Quite it would. Possible. Yeah. And, and funny enough, reflection nice. This is the first. I think to me. Besides, they live TW. That this is the first PWR at the movies where we're really positive about it. <laughs> I think every movie, every PWR movie episode we've done, besides they live, because they mostly were all Hulk Hogan oriented, we right. trashed it. We body really, slam. Well, I, I kind of like body slam, but right. there was a reason to trash it too. It was cheesy. You right. even said right. the word the cheese. Everything right. was cheesy. But this one is the first PW. This is gold, Jerry. It is gold. This is a this is this is a blessing. Reflection nice. You're seeing a PWR at the movies episode where we're both giving positive outlooks to this particular movie. But now let's get back to it. The fight is over, and of course Christopher. Wall, you know you, you're right. Rosario Dawson, who is the leader of the rebels, she you know, a Stifler was crushed that his, his was crushed that his crush was the Rebels leader, but Christopher she Walken... She was working him. She, she was, was working, working him. Her. That too. So Christopher Walken's Rebels came in and shot half the, half the Rebels dead. They escaped. 
They Rosario Dawson, Bex, and Stifler find the gato in this cave, this cavern, whatever you want to call it. And that was the one part I, I didn't like that the rock was the only guy that could hold up the whole cave while while Stifler was, you know, dilly zigzagging through the crevices to retrieve the gato. But Rock was holding on like he was Black Adam before Black Adam <laughs> was even alive. You know Samson. Or Samson or Hercules, whatever. He was holding up the cave so it didn't crush them all. But they got the gato. I also like where uh, Rosario Dawson gave them uh, fruit that paralyzed them. And then she took the gato away. She hood she hoodwinked both of them, technically. And now we get to the final fight where, you know, Rosario Dawson was caught by Christopher Walken and his goons. And now they go back. To, now The Rock is a man of his word. He's a man of morals. He's a man of integrity. So he must honor the deal that he made with Rosario Dawson because she gave she honored her deal by giving him the directions to the airport, neither here nor there. But now we talk about the main event fight where him and Stifler go back into El Dorado. Stifler was the first, was the only guy holding a gun. And, of course, it was Rock and the airplane pilot dude against the whole militia, Christopher Walker's militia. So let's say it's 100 against 3. And he won. The Rock won. This well, is he had the Bulls. He had the running well, of the Bulls. Okay, I... I did they really count? Yeah. No, it's so still a hundred. The they, they were again. You, you didn't want to kill the bulls. The element then, of surprise. Yeah, he, okay. He got the rolling the bull, and then Simon Pegg comes walking in, playing bagpipes like Roddy Piper. I was waiting yeah. for him to get shot right in the forehead. Yes. I, I absolutely thought he was getting shot in the head. Me too. That that's the thing. I was like the whole. Like I said, to me, it was a hundred against three, and the Rock in this final scene in this final fight. He's trying to beat up people, but then there was that one. He sees a two rifles. Was it rifles? Let's just yeah, say shotguns. Rifles. It was shotguns, and he looks at it. It looked like he was looking at it for 20 minutes while Sean William Scott was getting bucked at by every militia member, and he was like, "Help me! Help me! Help me, Pax!" Finally, he picks up the gun, and T.W., do you remember the movie with Antonio Banderas, The Assassins, with Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, yeah. You remember how Antonio Banderas was, he, he was good with the guns. You know, he was going this way, this way. He was, like, looking. The rock with the shotgun turned into Antonio Banderas and Assassins, where he bucked them in the heart, in the head, all this stuff. He was, he, he was, he was a marksman. Catches one, off, catches one off the roof and shoots the gun out of Walken's hand. So... We learned that he doesn't like guns. He had a bad experience with guns. But to me, the experience was good because he can kill people. So to <laughs> me, he, his past life, before being a retrieval expert, he was an assassin for the CIA. What say you about the fuck? What say you? Uh, he killed Kennedy. That's what, it, that's what I'm trying to say. What say you about ten, the Ten years before he was born, but yeah, it's possible. Do, do you know about time travel? I'm going to give you that episode with Jesse Ventura. Mandela effect. Yeah, it's the Mandela effect. It was time travel. He he time traveled right, back. Hold hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Are you telling me Jesse Ventura believes in time travel? Yes, we did. There was an episode about it. There was an episode. There's an episode where there's time traveling. You go back into U.S. history. It is, it is It is. a great episode. I will show you that. You know what time travel is? There's only one time travel. 
What? Where you were when you were conscious and where you are when you wake up. So you're mm-hmm. getting knocked out, put in a coma, or going to bed. That's the only time traveling you're doing, and it's only going to the future, not to the past. So wait, you Jesse time- Ventura, how do how the hell do people follow this man? He's a good man. He, he's the best governor. But anyway, you time travel consistently in ni- from 95 to 05 in your wrestling. You just said it right there. In your matches, you time travel. You are an experienced time traveler. Oh, you're talking about? No, Kushida. You're talking about time travelers because of Kushida. No, he's a time splitter. That's the difference. But anyway, neither here nor there. But TW, let's talk again. To me, he's an assassin for the CIA. He, he's, a, he's a marksman. So what say you about the final fight scene? Anything that grabbed your attention? Anything else besides the running of the Brahma Bulls, the, the guy in the kilt and all that stuff? The, the fact that Christopher Walken can be that big of a dick and the whole town's there armed and he walks up still trying to shoot the rock after getting a gun knocked out of his hand, picks it up, gets it knocked out of his hand again, and then gets shot in the belly or whatever. Why wouldn't someone have killed him sooner? Like before they even got to it. Why wouldn't he just, I mean, yeah, you're probably going to die. He killed, he killed the town's spirit because of the way he was. Yeah, Paying them a yeah. dollar an hour, he killed the town spirit. And it took The Rock, Rosario, Sean William Scott, the guy in the kilt, the bulls, to get the spirits up. And then everybody killed Christopher Walken. It was, more, it was almost like symbolic. It was like Venezuela going, you know, against socialism. It was, it's the Republicans against those nasty Democrat leaders. It's Canadians against Justin Trudeau. All that is symbolic in this goddamn movie here, T.W. Yeah, I'm trying to put a, I'm trying to good a, I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you compared the right people to Christopher Walken in this movie. I'm, I am objective. I've always <laughs> been saying this. I, I never. I, did I say I agree with it? No, I didn't say I agree with it. I'm just giving the the right analogy for the for the right times. That's all I'm trying to say. He so, it. so in essence, the townspeople won. They got the gato. And Bex got his man because he finally handcuffs Sean William Scott and brings him back to Los Angeles, California, to be reunited with his father. And, you know, there's no hugging, T.W. There's no kissing. Bitch slap. It was a bitch slap. And The Rock, again, he's a man of morals. He's a man of integrity. Offers his now is soon-to-be former boss after he got paid $250,000 the same paralyzing fruit that he ingested in Brazil, he knocks out uh, Sean William Scott's father and the goons behind him, and they all leave happily ever after. And that is the rundown, T.W. So there is a little comedy here. There is a little bantering back and forth between The Rock and Sean William Scott. I think The Rock was uh, was dipping his toes in the the pool of trying to be comedic, too. You know, again... There was a balance to me within this movie because, again, besides the Scorpion King, like, again, that's a Mummy Returns franchise, so I can't take that seriously. This is his movie. This is his identifiable movie. To me, like I'm saying, I'm trying to analyze this to what he's becoming right now after the Fast and Furious franchises, Black Adam, and all the and the Red Notice, and all these, and the, even, like you said, all the Disney movies he did, like the Jungle Cruise and all that good stuff he's done. You're right. He's a man that wears many hats in a movie. He tries to be funny, serious. 
He could be an action star like Schwarzenegger and Van Damme and Stallone. What say you? And put this all in a bow. I think he did awesome. Like if, if this, obviously after this is when he did some of the sillier movies. But again, with the right people, Disney and whoever that other damn movie was with the little kid in it. Um, but he's also, I, he's kind of like. Like, I feel bad for John Cena because I feel John Cena has the same work ethic, right? Like, that guy gives it his all and then some. It's just somebody's giving The Rock better advice on where to do it because mm-hmm. that Firehouse movie that John Cena did. That's probably, a great movie. That's a great movie. And, again, if it was Disney, good. If it sucks, it's on Disney. It's not on John Cena. But it's mm-hmm. terrible. And so – He's doing. He's trying it, but he finally. I think he's finally got his thing with this peacekeeper thing. Um, Peacemakers. One Peacemaker. of the great. It's a great fucking series. You yeah, can binge on this shit. Yeah, I will. And then he. It's uh, gonna do it, but you had to bring up the shit that I'm going through because I had her HBO Max. Damn it. But anyways, um, he's finally. I think he's found his 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 thing because Cena's hosted game shows. Cena's. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done all the stuff that The Rock's done. It's just The Rock. It's just been able to nail it, and if it was a miss, dust it off, you know, and then keep going. And, like, the movie Blockers is good to me. Uh, he was right to get in the movie uh, Daddy's Home, just to, just that little bitty piece. He was right to do um, Trainwreck, where he's the mm-hmm. sensitive boyfriend at the movie theater. So yeah. seeing it, he's finally starting to get it, but The Rock, he's just such he, – he produces that show on HBO, Ballers or whatever, and he's yeah. in it. He, produ- mm-hmm. he produces a ton of things that he's not in. So he's he's dipping his toes in, in many water. And I think in this, he's dipping his movie, in, his toes in comedy, but he's the straight man. He was never funny in this. He was mm-hmm. witty. He was likable. But it was always the straight man. And, and Sean William Scott was the, the jokester, if you will. Or even uh, Dawson got a couple jokes. And obviously Christopher Walken's fucking hilarious. Everything he does. Oh, luckily, I have my fingers crossed the whole time but uh, so it doesn't count but anyways the rock just he does everything right here and if if and and it, obviously it's 20 years Man, ago tw let me just say this that's a lot of pressure that the rock being the the rookie here and you got experienced right. actors right you know stifler is still experienced because he's been in right. a couple of movies rosario right. dawson and chris again christopher walken he's got to hold his own here too this is his right. starring role he's got to hold he his own it. with a supporting cast but he does it, and and to to look back twenty years ago now, it's no surprise he is where he is because it, it ain't for lack of effort if he wouldn't have made it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and again, for Cena, again, if you got the wrong, he I think his first few movies were WWE films, and and that's like you said, that's that's how The Rock would end up. And Austin, Austin, I think, is just giving up on movies. I don't, I don't think. He's even doing them anymore, but he's found his if he, niche. If, he, if he's doing a, movies, it's made for a video or whatever. Right. But if, he, if he's, he's found his niche, it's, it's reality TV and being a host and, and being a podcast interviewer. He He's found his niche. And I, I think the difference between all three of them, I think I, – I have a hard time believing The Rock didn't want to be a wrestler. But mm-hmm. I have a hard time uh, thinking – he didn't want to be what he is now. Like there, he wanted to do something else in his life besides wrestle, which is hard for me to accept because I would, there's no part of me 
would think Roman Reigns and the Usos didn't grow up waiting for their turn to get in the ring. It just feels like The Rock wanted something more than wrestling, right? So maybe he appreciates it. Maybe he respects it. And that's how I felt when he wouldn't come back. Like, he would just used wrestling to get he, where he's at. He respects the bloodline. Rock respects the bloodline of wrestling. But you can't, you can't fault a man for having aspirations bigger right. than no, the legacy I, of the, your bloodline family. Say, the difference between him, Austin, and Cena. I think... The Rock always wanted this, and he's mm -hmm. got it. Yeah. I think Austin and Cena didn't want that. They wanted to be wrestlers. They wanted to make – but they got injured so much that they were that looking they for to. something that they can do and make almost the same amount of money with less travel and less wear and tear on their body, and mm -hmm. that was the next logical thing. I mean, it's not – they ain't the first. They won't be the last wrestler to succeed and try to make it in film. I mean – uh, what's the dude that played Sabretooth in the Wolverine movie? That guy, Tyler Rex, not Tyler Rex, but Tyler Blatt. What? No, that's Tyler. Anyway, that big dude, he was a wrestler. He was called Tyler something. Okay. Uh, and he he was an indie wrestler. He was on WCW for a little bit. Um, he tried making it in Hollywood. Because if you can make it, why would you not do that? You're going to make more money yeah. doing that and work less. So why yeah. would you not? Whereas I think Austin and, and Cena had a love for the business. I think Rock has a love for the business now. I think he appreciates it. I think he knows that's what buttered, bread, buttered his bread. I think he knows without that, maybe he doesn't get the chance to do what he's doing now. So I love that he gives back to it now. But I just, I, I, I'm happy for the dude. And, and for a long time, I wasn't because, I, like I said, I, I felt like he turned his back on the wrestling business. But in yeah. hindsight, everybody felt, everybody felt cheated. You're right. Everybody yeah. felt cheated when he left initially early. He, he left in his prime, but again, right now, count it down, TW. I'm saying this on this podcast. In six years, we are going to vote for The Rock as president of the United States, and he's going to be on the Republican ticket. You're going to vote for him because you love Republicans, so you're going to love. He's going to lower taxes. He's going to do everything that you want him to do. He's going to, you know, close the borders down. That's the only way he's getting my vote if he's got the R next to him because I will. He's in trouble right now. He, he looks like John Kerry. He's, he supported Joe Rogan and he turned on him. And then they people are digging up his old promos. Like, look, dude, it was a different time, different era back then. You know, first of, first and foremost, I'm gonna I'm gonna give yeah reflection nights. Go. This is a lesson. If you're gonna use The Rock's promos that he did as a character on Raw. To say that that is his real life, you know, you know, digs at at people. You are really, you're really stupid. Tell the tell right. your friends to tell your friends. You yeah. know what Joe Rogan you, you, did. You want to, you want to hold it against him. That's all it is. Right. You you want to hold it against a character playing a character. Now Joe Rogan, whatever he did, that's his real life persona. I don't give a damn. But. There's a difference between what Joe Rogan has been saying on a podcast, which he's done for years, and what Rock did on Raw in 1999 as playing as a character. There's two differences right there. But anyway, we're gonna here's, here's here's I'm gonna I'm gonna get you political for this, this political hypocrisy 1019. Okay, and then we'll close it. Joe Biden called a Fox News reporter a stupid son of a bitch on a live microphone. Of course, and and. It's never talked about by any of those CNNs or MSNBCs or whatever, and it's dismissed. That guy asked a legit question. Do you have any plans on doing something to take this 
inflation and make it something different for the voters because they're going to hold it against you. He got mad at him for bringing up inflation, called him a stupid son of a bitch. Oh, God. Rewind four years ago, and Jim Acosta asked Trump about a dirty PP Russia tape that had already been proven as a hoax and not to be true, and Trump calls him a stupid son of a bitch, and for weeks he's railed on all the TV saying it's unpresidential. He shouldn't talk like that. Why does one get a pass and the other doesn't? It's because of the hypocrisy. And if you're on the right side of that Hollywood, you get the free pass. If you're on the wrong side, you get destroyed for it. And I don't I think it's stupid to do to do with the rock what they're doing. However, it's it's their turn. That's yeah. what we are now. We're a country where once your side lobs something over, it's now our side's turn to lob one back, and it's fucking stupid. In closing, Reflection Nights, don't, <laughs> don't be famous because you got right. the seats. And with that being said, we close this pro wrestling reflection at the movies, the rundown from 2003. TW, let's give out those socials so we can get out of here because... The professor has got to do his real life stuff, so we're gonna be on hiatus for a week. So well, not no, no. I, I got to travel, but anyway, I will be back in two weeks. But go ahead, TW, get out those socials so we can get out of here. All right, Pro Wrestling Coalition Network is at PwC Network at Podbean.com. Our Twitter is at PW Reflection. Uh, JB is at the P1JB. Uh, Big Ray can't do it without him at Big Ray Hernandez. He does some tremendous thumbnail work for us. Oh, come on, guys. Couponer. Uh, just, just compliment the thumbnail. Come on, do it. Oh, he, do, he does. He does. He's, he does. Don't he's trust so he proud does. of it. He's so proud of it when he sends it to us. And some of them are awesome. Some of them are so simple. They're beautiful. Others are so complicated. They're like artwork. It's just... It's, it's a good thing he does there. It's a beautiful thing. Then you thing. got at TommyWonder19 as my Twitter that I argue with idiots. Or you can do at the Tommy Wonder, which originally started out as being my wrestling one. But unfortunately, there's idiots there, too. So I do argue with some wrestling idiots on that one, too. But I try to keep it wrestling, pop culture, and that kind of thing. Facebook.com backslash TommyWonder. Snapchat is number wonder. I got a TikTok. I don't know what the hell that one is yet. And then also Big Veto Brand at Wixsite.com, Patreon.com backslash the Big Veto Brand for Big Veto and all they do for us. And then the Dumb Dumb Duel and an Idiot. I promise that YouTube page. We're going to make a video soon. It's just this, this cold, miserable winter, my trip to Miami, all that stuff has ruined it, and we just haven't had time to get together and do it. But we will. Maybe we'll do it next week when we're on hiatus. And what, what you forgot one more. Where's your, where's your OnlyFans? What's your OnlyFans? Oh, oh not, not yet? Because I can't, I wouldn't stop doing nudity, so they shut it uh, down. God damn it. Well, you know, the ladies are missing out on his OnlyFans, but neither here nor there. <laughs> you can find me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And, of course, hopefully this uh, episode will be on the PWSO Networks on the YouTubes. Follow my brothers in arms, the man with the documents, Mr. Infinite Fridge himself, Billy Ray Valentine at OB when you know me, and of course the king of the reactions, 8-Track Brown at 8-Track Dashley. Again, we'll be on hiatus for one week because the professor's other job, he's got to go traveling and, you know, edif edification of the masses. So we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new edition of the Pro Wrestling Reflection here at PWSO Networks at Bobbyn.com. And I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, the honest stomach one. Tommy Wonder saying good night, and we will see you in dos weeks. 
Good night, Reflectionites. If you You're smell up. what the rock is cooking. <laughs>